Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. Dog walks, dog parks, playing fetch, all the stuff your dog loves to do with you. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including NexGuard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com and promo code PODCAST. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Greg Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, then go ahead and subscribe wherever you're listening right now and We'll get you automatically downloaded, good to go uh, whenever it is that we publish a new episode, typically Monday, Wednesday, Friday, back on that schedule next week with a return to normalcy after the Monday night football game this week. Uh, Of course, this weekend's game against the Houston Texans. Interesting offensive team, Logan Paulson. We'll get to their defense in the next segment, but uh, an interesting offensive team that's obviously running into a buzzsaw of a defense in the Commanders, uh, one of the best in the NFL right now in a number of statistical categories. But they, they've got some threats, and specifically their running back, Damian Pierce, is uh, quickly becoming one of the best guys in the NFL. Yeah, and so let's just start like real high level with tennis, with the Texans. So they're a team that I think they know they're a little understaffed. They know that their personnel isn't excellent. And they do a lot of stuff to try and insulate their personnel. So they, you see kind of a lot of inside zone, outside zone, gap scheme, pullers, pin pull, tosses, right? They're trying to kind of figure out the answer to a puzzle, right? As opposed to saying, this is who we are. This is what we're super good at, right? They're saying like, we're going to try and get you off base here, off balance by throwing a lot at you and seeing if something sticks, right? They came out versus Las Vegas or yeah, versus Las Vegas with like in a very unusual formation. They had their uh, guard center guard and the quarterback and then their tackles were split out wide, like in that kind of college weird formation member the Patriots did it a couple years ago, kind of where where your eligibles and they ran that probably three Mm -hmm. or four times in the game, right? They run a halfback pass versus Tennessee. They run a flea flicker versus the Giants, right? They're they're trying to find ways to give themselves an edge. So I think going into this game, like that's something that Jack Del Rio has to be acutely aware of. Is like what is they what is their weird little reverse trickeration thing they're going to do, and how do we respond to that? So that again, something for fans to kind of keep an eye on. You mentioned the running back. The running back's excellent. He's very fun to watch. He's kind of the bright spot of their team. Um, he. Again, he's got some big playability, maybe not like a true home run guy, but, you know, hits a big run against the Gi- the Giants and is very consistent. It kind of even even though the Giants did an excellent job of like kind of down to down limiting effectiveness, 
Pierce pops a, uh, you know, a 75 yard run, not for a touchdown, but big play chunk play kind of, they're going to get him touches in the screen game and the flat. Like he is the biggest feature of that offense. Right. And uh, it's interesting to me that he's the biggest feature because their interior offensive line is maybe the worst three guys that, or at least they're playing the worst of anybody we've played this year. Right. So in rundowns, their uh, left guard, Kenyon Green, is not doing very well. Um, you know, and I just think about Allen and Payne matched up against him. And I think that's just going to be that's going to be a nightmare for him, right? That's just going to be a nightmare. And like the other, the right guard is playing a little bit better. His name escapes me at the moment, but again, not much better. They do have two really good offensive tackles. Uh, Laramie Tunstall, in my opinion, is maybe the best, second best left tackle in football outside of Trent Williams. So Montez Sweat versus him is going to be really fun to watch. I think Tunsil's just so efficient in how he pass sets and just so efficient with his technique. It's going to be a really interesting matchup. I think uh, OJ uh, Tyson Howard on the other side is a little raw, more of a mauler kind of big body guy. So pass rush can be generated on him, I do believe, but he's a very good run player. So I do think it's interesting that they're so effective running the football despite kind of having these this deficient interior. And I think it speaks to what Pierce is doing in terms of elevating that group in certain situations but i also think it speaks to their offensive coordinator in terms of hey we're going to just throw a lot at you and you're going to misfit one of these and they do like they rent like on the long run against the giants they run a zone read rpo with davis mills as your quarterback right they're reading the backside end and they are able to get hats to the front side ends up being a big play like they didn't show that in the past couple weeks and all of a sudden they're like let's just see if this works Boom. How about that? So again, they're, they're really going to stress the mental acuity of these guys because physically outside of guys like Laramie, outside of guys like Pierce, that interior group, Howard is very physical in the run game, but that group is not, they're understaffed and you can tell the, the coaching staff knows it and yeah. they're going to throw a lot at you. Uh, Washington defense. Well staffed. Uh, well some staffed. stats, some stats for you. Uh, I mean, I, I literally could go, forever on all these i got two pages worth of of things from the commander's uh weekly release of impressive stats but i'll just stick to the the individual ones this year uh individual defense uh tackles for loss in the nfc john allen 11 deron Payne, 10 uh those that's second and third behind zadarius smith's 14 quarterback hits uh in the league washington's montez sweat second uh behind nick bosa Defensive tackles passes defended uh, in the NFC. Allen Payne third and or tied for third. They've each swatted three uh, this year. Defensive tackle sacks in the NFC second and fourth. Payne Allen uh, behind Jason Hargrave and then Aaron Donald sandwiched in the middle. Defensive tackles tackles for loss in the NFC. Allen Payne one two at eleven and ten. Uh, they are just monsters. And then then you've got some other like really cool interesting stats including. Uh, opponents rush uh, yards before contact in the entire NFL. Washington by far in the lead, 0.65 yards before contact, which means running backs are barely getting past the line of scrimmage. 0.65, Tennessee second at 0.76, San Francisco's third at 0.93. Like they are dominant yeah. up front. And it starts with those two guys in the middle. And then obviously the contributions that Ridgeway has made. 
Uh, I think you mentioned this uh, on the last pod, and I know it's been mentioned this week, but Ridgeway in his eight snaps was the highest graded player from PFF. So like, <laughs> came in there, did a great job. Uh, and in, he in does. A number. And by the way, the fact that he only had to play eight snaps tells you that Allen and Payne were out there a ton. Uh, and that yeah. goes to the kind of the complimentary football element that we talked about earlier. And I, he's a guy that I might expect to see a little bit more of this week. If you look at the Giants, for example, they play a 34 front. So three kind of defensive tackle type body types, and then two edge players. That's essentially would be Washington Cinco front. And I think, uh, you know, you don't feel great about um, Ridgeway against a super fast, quick center, um, but or like a team that runs a lot outside zone because he seems to have a hard time reading that. But I, th- I think he matches up really well. And then you get those then you get Allen and Payne in a one on one on two guys who are having a very tough season so far. And I, and I don't want to overstate this, but that matchup that those two matchups right there. Payne on the guard, Allen on the guard could just absolutely destroy this game. So I think something to kind of keep an eye out on is um, you know that they're kind of best running the football. And then their second best asset is probably their tight end room. We'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, do you say, hey, like we're going to play a heavy box and just basically say like dare them to throw it? Because from a man-to-man standpoint, I think, you know, Benjamin Zane Juice has shown he can match up with pretty much anybody. And Kendall Fuller had a solid game, not an excellent game, but a solid game last week. And if they can't protect Davis Mills, which they haven't been able to, like we, Davis Mills is very, very talented. I think I told you that when we were prepping for the show. Very yeah. talented guy. You see his arm talent. You see the way he sees the defenses and stuff. But the protection has been terrible outside of Laramie Tunsil and Howard. Like it's just as a like an immediate up the middle, like someone's in his face. So maybe if I'm Jack, I just say like, come on, let's see if you can handle this. And they, recent history has shown that they haven't handled it very well. And so, again, like maybe you see a little bit of a different approach here from Jack kind of saying, let's be a little bit more aggressive, eliminate the run with our heavy personnel, blitzing, whatever, be aggressive downhill and kind of say you can't block any of our guys, you know, inside and let them let them win the game for you, which is something that I think is very, very viable. Another thing to consider, they do throw a lot at you. What is that going to do for Jamin in terms of how effective he can be? Because he's a guy who has improved and is playing well, but is a guy that when the neural load goes up, tends to slow down a little bit. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch too. Definitely. Um, What have you made, by the way, uh, of Bostic through these couple of games and and how he's played and how he's been able to help Jamin out? Because he actually played a ton the other night. Yeah, he's actually been really impressive. Like he's, um, he's just so... He's not, he's not amazing, but you can tell he knows what the heck is going on. Yeah, and for that position, smart. like we've seen it with Cole, like that is valuable. It's like, you know, having a quarterback who really like is dialed in, they might not be the best playmaker, but if they know what to do with the football and where to go, it elevates kind of the whole group. And I think you're getting that a little bit with Bostic. I think he's being super decisive to the ball. You know, he misses a couple tackles here and there, but he's fast. He's peeling double teams. He's helping that interior out in terms of providing single blocks and things like that. So I do think that that is um, that, that he's he's been a night he's been played well you know it's 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 been good it's not like he's going to go to a Pro Bowl or anything like that but it's not been like this crazy vacancy in Cole's absence like obviously this team misses Cole but having him in there as kind of a nice stopgap for him and Mayo has been nice I think that it's you know everyone's talking about the linebacker depth yeah. for him to come in and do that I think is awesome. I guess the question would then be, it looks like Cole's going to be out again based off the fact that he 
wasn't it practice uh, DMP on Wednesday? I mean, that it was a walkthrough. You know, they right. could have just been like, take the extra day on your feet, and, and maybe he is back. But if, if Cole is out again, but Mayo would be back, would you go back to Mayo, or would you just stick with Bostic? That's a really good question, because I think I think Mayo did a fine job. I think Bostic's been, I don't want to say, I think he's been playing better, been playing more consistently maybe than I saw Mayo. And Mayo didn't have a big sample size, right? I think he only yeah. started like one game or a half or something like that. So, you know, Bostic's done well in two games. And obviously they've kind of shifted their approach a little bit. They're getting more uh, safeties on the field, which I think is the right move. So you're kind of able to put Bostic and Jamin in better situations, which again is maybe elevating them. I don't know for sure. I'd have to go back and really study that. But I think the more significant variable is Curl, uh, McCain, uh, how much are you going to see Percy Butler in this game, right? Like, because he played a little bit in this last game. Because you have these, these resources at safety that are, good young athletic guys that are playing well against the run and the pass so maybe that's how you mitigate you know that and say Bostic's doing well in this role let's keep him in that role and bring those other guys in to kind of fill out where we need yeah all three safeties played 100 percent of the snaps uh against philadelphia and they just moved them around where they played very greatly right. um you know Forrest played all three spots mccain played all three spots um, but they were all on the field for 100% of the snaps. All right, real quick before we shift gears and look at how uh, the Texans match up defensively with Heineke in the offense, what about Davis Mills in this passing game? What What do you like about him, and, and how much of a threat are they? You know, it starts obviously with Brandon Cooks, a guy who's been making big plays in the NFL for a decade, um, but what else do they have? And, and I know you mentioned the tight end room you like. Yeah, Shocking, I do like that. by the way. Yeah, like well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, you know, I'm a tough – Tough Tough grader when it comes to tight ends. So this is a good group. Let's talk about the receivers first. Like obviously you've got Cooks and he he's not Cooks from three years ago. He's good. He can win one on one, but it's not like I also think he's in kind of this he's the he's the biggest fish in a very small pond. So he gets kind of more I feel like he's a better guy to kind of like move around the formation, kind of Cooper Cup ish, you know, kind of put him in the slot, put him out wide. He can win in both areas. So why not? lean into that a little bit more here because they're lacking in so many spots. He's basically got to play your X receiver, which is not where he's at his best. Like I said, I think you can move around a little bit, but again, still a good football player. Nico Collins is an interesting guy. I don't know if people are familiar with him. He's six, four, like 225 pounds. He ran a four, two or four, three last year at the combine. So big, fast, physical dude who shows up as like a guy at the catch point. You can tell he's still, he's very raw figuring it out, but a guy that maybe. A year or two from now, people are saying, oh, look at Nico Collins kind of ascending into a true number one or a true number two um, because of his skill set and athleticism. So, again, Playmaker has made some some very tough catches. But um, like I said, and, 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 and Davis Mills has the arm talent to get them the football. He throws with good anticipation. He throws with great ball velocity. It's just he is under siege back there in a way that makes it tough for anybody to operate this offense. We meant, and then Moore. Moore is the guy that he played in Baltimore a couple years ago. Good player, kind of a role player, but they're getting good production from him. The tight end group, I think, is really fascinating. They got uh, Jordan Akins, a guy that I played with when I was in Houston, who's really grown up a little bit, kind of like a receiver type of tight end. And he makes explosive plays for them. Like when they need it, like he caught a screen against um, against the Giants that he took for a 70-yard gain. Like he's a, he's a big, explosive, fast guy. He scores touchdowns, and like when they kind of need an explosive play, he's a guy that seems to give it to him. I think everyone's familiar with OJ Howard. He does not; he looks kind of like a shell of his, of his former self a little bit. So, Akins is the guy. They have a guy, uh, Brevin Jordan, who I think a lot of people here wanted this team to draft. Who is 
very, very talented. Again, is kind of on the precipice of becoming that mismatch piece, but still growing. And then they drafted a kid from Oregon State who is a good football player. Big, strong, tough, physical blocker, kind of like a poor man's Mercedes Lewis. So I do like that position group. I like the receivers. I wish they had a better true number one. Like Terry and Nico Collins, you say, oh, that's a pretty good group right there. But Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, it, it, it's kind of like, eh. you know what I mean? It doesn't really play the same way. Um, and so I think, and so, and so Davis Mills has the ability to kind of get the ball to these playmakers. It's just the offensive line, specifically Kenyon Green, the center and the right guard have had a really tough go of it, you know, really tough yeah. go. And it shows up pretty consistently. And that's why they've kind of leaned into this run the football first, run the football second, maybe on third and long, we'll run the football again, just because we don't love our pass protection. Yeah. And then last, but very much least in the, uh, what, I don't know why I noticed that, uh, trend of the week. Hey, let's have a player who played the commanders already from the NFC or North that got that switched teams and is suddenly back on the commanders and they're facing the commanders in their first game. Formerly TJ Hawkinson, big impact. Don't expect a lot from Amari Rogers recently cut from the Packers and apparently signed to Houston this week. A thing I learned when I looked at the depth chart 30 seconds ago. Um, uh, and hopefully he yeah. drops a punt and yeah, that'd be great. That'd <laughs> he's be been great. doing I, that recently. <laughs> that's, that's why he's no longer a Packer. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, notoriously not a big fan of uh, kick returners who, who drop kicks. Yeah, especially not, him. They've been a big deal anyway. Yeah, uh, not sure how many quarterbacks are. Uh, just, you know, it's, been, it's been a thing. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.